All right, what's everybody? What's up, everybody? I am Brandon Steele. With me, I'm Matt Atencio. Nice to meet you, man. How you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Welcome to another episode of the Rebel Report today. Big news all last week around the NHL. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, now the Stanley Cup champions, were a few weeks uh, removed from that, and we are kind of on the back end of that free agency frenzy. And the big news, Matt, our Las Vegas Golden Knights, they get the biggest fish in the sea here for the free agency. Go ahead, tell us something about that. That's true. So in case anybody who's out here listening has been living under a rock, the uh, Golden Knights have uh, signed Alex Petrangelo to a seven-year $61.6 $61.6 million deal worth an average of $8.8 million a year. Um, in order to make that move work, though, they did have to ship out a few faces that a lot of people know and love. First one was Paul Stastny, who went out just before free agency began. And then Nate Schmidt was the other one who went out shortly after Alex Petrangelo was announced that he was signing there. And he got traded to Vancouver for a third-round pick, and Stastny went back to Winnipeg. Yeah, right. And like you said, a lot of those familiar faces that um, the Vegas Golden Knight fan base has gotten to know and love, they're going to love Alex Petrangelo. Obviously, the 30-year-old, the career-high 16 goals, um, the 36 assists um, in the 70 games, um, one goal, five assists in the postseason games that he had with St. Louis. Now, obviously, in February of 2019, I believe, Matt, was the Mark Stone trade. Yep. Um, So now you have Petrangelo, you have Mark Stone. Tell us a little bit about what is that going to do for this Vegas Golden Knights roster now? So before we get into that, this is just one of those things that I, I want to throw in there. It's incredible how they actually got these two guys because guys like this don't end up on the market. Elite players, they're usually signed for long terms and they usually hit contract extensions. I know Mark Stone was a little bit different because he was traded for and then signed a long-term contract here. But for the most part, things like that don't happen, especially with Petrangelo. They end up going, they end, they end up, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they end up being uh, ex- extended before mm-hmm. they end up hitting the market. Yeah. And then so as to what they're going to bring to the team, I mean, obviously Alex Petrangelo, like you said, he's set his career high in goals last year. He had 52 points, which was the second highest mark that he's hit in his career. Um, just removed from the Stanley Cup final victory where he led the Blues to the Stanley Cup in Game 7 against Boston where he scored the inevitable game-winning goal. Um, but he that, not only is he going to bring a good – an elite on ice presence. He's going to be able to bring a leadership presence in the locker room as well. He's a former captain. And right now this team's a little bit disjointed. We've heard in the media or so, uh, around that there's been rumblings that the players are not necessarily thrilled with how this happens. I mean, how could you blame them? They're getting, everybody's names getting thrown out there. There's not really from what we can understand a ton of communication between them and management. I know we're not ever going to really know if that's the case, but just from what we've been hearing around, um, so that would be something that he'd be able to do as well, is he'd be able to come in. And I think fans are going to end up – I know a lot of people love Nate Schmidt and love his, love his personality and everything, but Petrangelo is a significant upgrade over Nate Schmidt. He does everything Nate Schmidt does but better. Mm-hmm. He's the first guy over the boards for the team. He'll play on the power play. He'll play on the penalty kill. He'll play big minutes for the team. And if we've seen what DeBoer's track record is with defensemen, you can look at back at his days in San Jose when he had Brent Burns. And Eric Carlson, even though Eric Carlson was injured most of the time, mm-hmm. he still had those two elite defensemen and look at the production he got out of mm-hmm. that. Not to mention Mark Edgewan Vlasic yes. as well. Um, and I think you make a great point. Petrangelo, he was fourth in the Norris um, you know, runnings to mm-hmm. for that trophy. So you're exactly right. He's bringing in a lot of things. Now you're talking about with Schmidt, you have Petrangelo, you have Stone. Who else can Petrangelo make a little bit better in those defensive pairings? The first name coming to mind, maybe Theodore? 
yeah, he's probably not going to play on the same line as Theodore. Um, he'll probably end up playing with Braden McNabb, but what he'll do is he'll still be able to play the big minutes against the bigger players. Mm-hmm. So you'll have Shea Theodore out there again. He's going to be able to, he's, he's going to build on what he did last year. He probably would have had a much better season than the regular season this year had he not been working through cancer mm-hmm. and getting over all of the treatments from that and everything. Mm-hmm. But you saw what he can do in the playoffs. He, he played, he was the best player on the ice for them most nights. And he was really their only offensive production in their last few games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you've covered the Vegas Knights very well for the Rebel Report, and you've been familiar with this team. Now, you kind of alluded to it earlier in your description about what you know Vegas was able to do is outstanding, having Mark Stone a couple years ago. Now you bring in Petrangelo, who's got the cup, um, and he was the captain for St. Louis. Now, a lot of hockey uh, passionate fans, you never like to see a captain move around from so many teams. He had a great, um, long career in St. Louis. He's coming over with that veteran leadership um, tell us a little bit more about what Vegas had to do, who they had to move, and who else were they able to add outside of Petrangelo. So, like like I said earlier, they had to get rid of Nate Schmidt and Paul Stastny. Now, they're not done because there's still about a million dollars over the cap. and But they have until whenever the season starts, whether that's January 1st, whether that's middle of January, whatever, they have until the last day of training camp to get themselves under that cap limit. So they only have to move out about a million dollars, but that is still going to be a little hard because they've moved out two of their big producers now and a lot of the lower end contracts were people that were just signed. So you're not really going to want to ship them out, not because they can't, but because it's kind of a bad look. Like we'll take Ryan Reeves, for instance, he's making 1.75 million a year. If hypothetically they shipped that out, that would clear them the cap space, but he just signed a new deal here. You're not going to ship a new player out that you just basically told, yeah, we're going to, we're going to put you here for a while. And he signed that contract just before the return to play happened. So when you look at the roster, I mean, there's nobody that you can really say that they can move out that's not going to sting. But names like Jonathan Marchessault, maybe, who didn't have the best playoff performance and really has been doesn't fit DeBoer's system very well, mm. could be a name that you could ship out. You could see a Braden McNabb or an Alec Martinez, but they've already shipped out a top defenseman, and shipping out another one is not a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't really have anybody on the blue line that's going to come in and take over those minutes to play with Petrangelo or play with Theodore. Um, so, again, it's it's just going to be tough to move out. Um, I think, like, like Marcia So is probably one that you might see move. Um, other than that, I don't think they're going to move Alex Tuck. That would be an absolute idiotic move. I would agree um, with that, definitely, yeah. Yeah, Chandler Stevenson, again, he just re-signed. They're not going to move him. Yeah, four-year deal. And um, Stevenson, you make a great point about Chandler. You know, just you can't move him. He had 22 points in his 41 games with the Knights, eight Genos, uh, 14 apples. I mean, the guy looked good. Exactly. Um, So you don't want to move on from him. Um, Now, I got a question for you because you bring up a good point earlier um, in your spiel where you're talking about, you know, there might be a small disconnect with management, possibly with coaching. You bring up Peter DeBoer was in New Jersey, took them to a cup. San Jose took them to a cup. He had, you know, the 3-1. He led San Jose. They were able to come back, and they were able to manage that under Peter DeBoer. It's a little awkward now. He's in Vegas. He's bounced around so much. Do we think DeBoer can be long-term? Because, as you said, he's had the talent with Burns, Carlson, Petrangelo, Stone. He's had talented teams. Is he the long-term answer here for the Vegas Golden Knights? You know, that's that's a tricky question. Um, the short answer is in the short term, yeah, for the next four or five years. I think he could easily be the coach here because this team right now, they've got the roster to compete for the next four or five years for a Stanley Cup. Um, it's after that that you're going to really start to say, 
well, if we haven't won in four years, not only is DeBoer probably going to be in trouble, you're going to be looking at McCrimmon and McPhee that are probably not going to be here in four years. Um, but that, that's kind of the argument that people are making against Petrangelo's deals because, yes, he is getting a lot of term. Seven years for a 30-year-old defenseman means – and he turns 31 by the time the season starts. So he'll be thirty, roughly 38 when that contract expires. And he's got a full no-movement clause too. So that, that contract basically just can't be moved for the next seven years unless he waives it. Right. Um, which with four young kids, highly doubt he's going to do. Right. But at the same time, when you think about it, if this team wins the cup in the next four years, that contract is fine. Because by the end of that contract, those last three years, you're kind of just hoping that he's going to be playing at a level that's going to at least somewhat warrant it. Uh, but again, we're not we're not there yet. Right now, this team has proven time and time again that they're in a win and a win now mentality, and they're not really looking forward, looking too far forward into the future to see what's going to happen. Now, obviously, they're saving draft picks and stuff like that. That's what, the smart thing to do for a team. But for the most part, as long as this team keeps winning, uh, and as long as this team holds on to a lot of these contract players that they have, I think DeBoer could easily coach this team for the foreseeable future. Right, and you bring up a great point about Petrangelo's contract having the no movement. He was huge about that with St. Louis because St. Louis offered him something similar to what Vegas did, and was, he was he was very serious about having the no movement clause in his contract. Yeah. It was eight by eight, I want to say it was what it was. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it was that they offered him, but it was somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show with a guy like Petrangelo, you're getting an elite-level defensive man. Even when you're going to have his back years of his career, you're going to have a Stanley Cup champion in the room. Vegas, as you're saying, they've been very good. Their first couple of years of existence, they've been in the mix. They're, you know, always going to be contenders for the Cup with this roster. Now, uh, we've talked so much about the defensive, and you have to talk about a little bit about Robin signing a five-year extension. Um, what do you think about that? So that was a good move. Um they needed they needed a younger goaltender. I'm sorry, Mark Andre Fleury is 35 years old. He's not getting any younger. He might still be able to play at a, a very good to elite level goaltender for the next couple next year or two. Mm-hmm. But after that, you're going to really start to see most likely you're going to see a decline. Uh, and at that point, if they had they had an opportunity to sign a Vezina caliber goaltender who finished, I think it was third in the Vezina just a year ago when he was in New York, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate. But that's one of the things that, as a GM, you have to do. Now, their decision to keep Marc-Andre Fleury is one that I think a lot of people are questioning right now. And you obviously have the Marc-Andre Fleury supporters that are going, oh, but he's the face of the franchise, yada, yada, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, for the next four years, like I said, this team's going to be competing for a Stanley Cup. If they're not, heads are going to roll. Mm -hmm. Um, When they make it to the playoffs, we'll use next year as an instance. Every night, they're going to have $7 million wasted that they can't, they can't play, basically, because Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be sitting on the bench. And if Fleury is playing, they screwed up the Robin Leonard deal, mm-hmm. which I don't think they will do. But either way, you're going to have a lot of money in goaltending sitting on the bench when the games really count. Mm-hmm. And that $7 million that Fleury accrued, hypothetically, that could have been used for a player like Taylor Hall, for instance. I know he's getting paid $1 million, or one year for $8 million. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo. Exactly. But basically, that money could have paid for Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. I know that is isn't necessarily the best comparison, but at the same time, you just look around and see who was signed this year. That $8 million, again, it could have been seven, whatever, but that could have been used to help upgrade the scoring for the team, which we saw in the playoffs was not up to par mm-hmm. for the last eight games or so that they played. Yeah, you make a great point um, because you ran into that wall and Anton Kildobin, who was playing absolutely 
out of his mind. So, um, and it kind of ties back into what you were saying with the management, the coaching with Peter DeBoer. Mm -hmm. DeBoer's last stint in San Jose was he was dealing with Martin Jones, who wasn't really performing, and he had Aaron Dell. And he was a little bit of piddle-patter back and forth between who he wanted to start consistently in net. So would you feel maybe with Robin Leonard, he should be more of the go-to starter on a nightly basis? Can we foresee a possible problem where DeBoer might have to go back and forth? Or do you think Leonard is the new starter in net and Vegas is just going to have to get used to it? I, I th so the way that I think the next season is going to play out, um, I think they're going to split them straight up through the entire regular season. We don't know what the next regular season is going to look like. Mm -hmm. There's been rumors that Bettman wants to play a full 82-game season, which means there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs. I don't think that's actually going to happen just because of when the season's starting. Uh, but either way, they're probably going to be playing a lot of back-to-backs, so you're going to need two goaltenders. So in the regular season, it's fine mm -hmm. um, because every night you go in and you know that no matter what, you're going to have a good goaltender behind you. And so the team doesn't have to worry about goaltending. When you get to the playoffs, like that's what I was saying, it's Leonard needs to be the starter in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, right now, he's the he is the better of the two goaltenders. Flurry didn't finish in the top three for the Vezina last year. Robin Leonard did. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's 20, 2019, 2018, 2019, not 2019, 2020. Mm -hmm. um, but either way, because, of, because they've made it clear, management – and DeBoer have made it clear that Leonard's our guy. He's going to be the guy going forward. They, If you didn't notice that going to the playoffs, Game 7 against Vancouver should have said that. Right. Yeah. Great point. And speaking of Vancouver, you perfectly leeway us in to the goalie carousel that was the NHL free agency. 12 goalies now in new sweaters coming into this season. And you're talking about the back-to-backs with the possible proposal of trying to get 82 starting that season in January. Um, one of the teams, Braden Holpe, how about that? Now moving on to Vancouver, and they might have one of the low-key, nice little solid back-to-backs because of Thatcher Demko. Yep. So can you tell us a little bit, what can you expect out of Braden Holpe over there in Vancouver? So we'll have to wait and see a little bit about Braden Holpe. He didn't have the – I'm not saying he's a bad goaltender. Don't don't misquote me there. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying because he had a bad year in uh, Washington or a subpar year to his standards. Right. We don't know if that was scheme-based or if that was just him starting to decline. Mm -hmm. But either way, let's say we get the, the Vesna Trophy winner, Braden Holpe, back. Uh, Vancouver is going to have a solid goaltending goal tandem. Mm -hmm. And then you're pairing that with a guy like Quinn Hughes – Mm. Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat, all of those guys, mm. Brock Besser. Brock Besser just about that, to say, that, yeah. that team is going to look scary. Mm -hmm. Now, they're, they are still young, so whether or not they'll have the maturity to make make a deep playoff run is a whole other story. Plus, they have to go up against Vegas, who's we saw had Thatcher Demko not been in net. That game, that series probably would have been over in five games. Mm -hmm. um, whether Again, whether or not the youth is going to be a problem right now, but those guys have gotten some more experience. Now they've got a really experienced goaltender plus a young one on the up-and-coming the only question that I really have with the Braden Holtby signing is that they only signed him for three years. Mm -hmm. So, and I know they said they're going to, they're going to expose him in the expansion draft. Right. Which, which kind of is why, like when you look at the free agency landscape this year, you didn't see a lot of those big contracts. You saw a lot of, you saw a lot of two, one, mm -hmm. one, two, three year deals. You only saw a couple deals that were over five years. Mm -hmm. Tory Krug being one of them. Mm -hmm. Alex Petrangelo, obviously being one of them. Robin Leonard, you could kind of count because he was signed before, but Vegas doesn't isn't going to be in the expansion draft. Mm -hmm. I think I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. This free agency was a lot of depth moves. I mean, because I'm looking down the list here, you have like Jesper Foss, who goes to Carolina. Mm -hmm. He's a really good player. Depth, he's not going to be there for very long. Kyle Turris going to Edmonton, a really a move that I like a lot because um, although he didn't really shine in Nashville, 
Um, when you put him out there with McDavid and Drysaddle, he kind of fades in as being one of those really good players again. But he's not going to be there for very long either. No. Not a lot of long term deals um Wayne Simmons able to go back home to Toronto just there for a year if I'm correct so this is nothing um long and back to what we're talking about the goaltenders yeah Holpe the three-year deal it's interesting to me because you're going to have him towards the back end of his career the age and everything he's been around for a while but he brings a Stanley Cup um that had eluded him for very long in Washington he brings that in net and yeah he was 25 14 and 6 uh with the 3.11 so you know a decline for sure but that's your Demko he could be the future, and being able to work with Braden Holpe could be huge. And speaking of Vancouver, I'd like to stay there. Um, they lose Markstrom. He goes over to Calgary, and that's one of the low-key uh, best moves in free agency because they're going to have them an elite-level goaltender in the saddle over there for, for Calgary. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that, was, that was one of those signings that I think – I don't necessarily think it caught people off guard, but it was like one of those things that's like, wow, Calgary actually went out and did something. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was one of the things that's been eluding them for a while. They have a good, uh, they have a good uh, top six. Of course, they have a good defensive core. Mm-hmm. The one thing that's really been eluding them though is goaltending. Yeah, I mean, you could look at David Riddick. David Riddick's been fine, but he still he hasn't really played in the playoffs much. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get a Jacob Markstrom like this, he's probably would have been up for consideration for the Vezina this year, or at least been in that conversation mm-hmm. had he not gotten hurt halfway through the season. He was out for like a month or something like that, and missed a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, correct. He's elite level. He was 23-16-4, um, a 2.75. And would you agree maybe, because Markstrom, I, I, I'm willing to say he's on the elite level of goaltenders, but when you go from you know working through your shell, getting ready to pop, he's in Calgary now in a very boom or bust situation for the Flames because you're exactly right. Goaltending has eluded them in their playoff runs. Yeah, well, the way that I look at goaltending is you gotta you gotta determine who you're defining as an elite goaltender. If you're throwing like on if you're putting like Andre Vasilevsky right now, who won the won the Vesna the year before, I don't remember if he won it this year. Oh no, Connor Hellebuck won it mm-hmm. this year. Um, but if you're putting him Hellebuck, those kind of people, we'll throw John Gibson in there too, even though he's not playing in front of a good team. Mm-hmm. But he's shown flashes that he could be one of those elite goaltenders. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put Markstrom in that tier. Mm-hmm. I would I'd agree him, with that. I'd put him in the tier below it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the same place I'd put Robin Leonard, too. I wouldn't put Robin Leonard in the upper echelon of goaltenders right now. Um, could he get there with the Golden Knights? Probably. You would like to think so. Yeah. yeah. You would You would like to think that he could end up becoming a Vezina Trophy winner in front of the Vegas defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, like I said, I, I, think Rob, I think Markstrom is a very, very good bordering on elite talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great fit. Over there for Calgary because, like you said, the top six outstanding players, Johnny Hockey, Matthew Tuchuk, these guys have been really good for a while. They just need to kind of get over their hump in the playoffs. Now, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of um, goaltenders out there for the listeners that you hear these names, you think of, you know, being a young kid watching hockey. These guys were the best at one point in time. Hendrick Lundqvist, he's out of New York. He's now a Washington Capital. What do you think about that? You know, that was one of those things that was bound to happen. I'm surprised he didn't do it a couple of years ago. Right. Um, but as for going to Washington, I know a lot of Rangers fans aren't going to be happy about that because of the divisional rivalry and mm-hmm. everything. But he's still a serviceable goaltender. He's not going to be a he's not going to be a top tier starter anymore. I don't even think he's going to be a he can even be a one A anymore. <laughs> but he's a good solid he's a good solid backup that can come in and give you games when you need it. And he's going to help you mentor a young goaltender like they're doing with their new goaltender in Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another guy, um, obviously, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Corey Crawford, out of Chicago. He's going to the New Jersey Devils where they had a lot of expectations, a really good, you know, pretty roster. 
They struggled again. Um, what can we expect out of Crawford going to more of a rebuild in New Jersey? I think it's going to be more of the same of what you're going to expect out of Henrik Lundqvist. Mm-hmm. Not, I agree. Not the team in itself, but what he's going to bring to the team. They got Mackenzie Blackwood out there in New Jersey, who's a young goaltender. Uh, showed some glimpses last season that he could actually be a pretty good goaltender. But again, he's young. You're not going to put you're not going to put that much pressure on that much of a young goaltender and expect him to actually be able to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, some do, some don't. But that's what Crawford's going to be able to do. Is he's going to be able to come in. He's going to help. He's going to be able to help mentor this kid, and he's going to be able to bring a two-time Stanley Cup champion and a leadership quality to that backup role, mm-hmm. which is nice to have for a young goaltender. Yeah, and New Jersey could really use some more wisdom in their locker room as yeah. well as they're trying to rebuild with a very young core. Um, they, if you're a New Jersey Devils fan, you've gone through a lot um, lately. Um, now a couple more goalies here. You're talking. We're talking about Stanley Cup. We're talking about Stanley Cup experience in locker rooms. A deal that jumped out to me: Matt Murray to Canada's capital, the Ottawa Senators, on a five-year deal. Uh, give me your thoughts there about Matt Murray. You know, I, Matt Mur- that contract that Matt Murray got. Like, don't get me wrong. Matt Murray's a great goaltender and everything. He won. He's won two Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh. But the last couple of years, he hasn't looked great. And the term that he got for that contract, it may come back to bite them. And I hope I'm wrong about that because I'm a big fan of the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, unfor- regardless of how you feel about him taking Flurry's job, he was an amazing goaltender those couple years that he was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the last couple of years, like I said, they weren't the best, and he ended up getting replaced by Tristan Jari. But th- it is a good move because Calgary did need a, an upgrade at goaltending. Um, it's just when you start to get into those bigger terms for goalies, it, it, you start to question whether or not that's actually a smart idea. Mm-hmm. And you would – you would one part of the contract is he's still relatively young. Matt Murray is, and he was very young in that 2016 Cup where he kind of came out of nowhere and provided um, Pittsburgh. And then one thing, when it comes to the Detroit Red Wings, you're talking about a team that just cannot let go, but they finally let go. Jimmy Howard no longer going to be in net for Detroit. It's going to be Thomas Grice who spent his last five years um, with New York, um, and he's been serviceable for them. Um, now he's going to come in and pretty much be the one A starter. Would you agree in Detroit? I would, yeah, I would definitely say Thomas Grice is going to be the starter out there. Um, I, I still think Detroit's got a couple more pieces that they need to make before they're going to be back in any sort of playoff contention. I wouldn't say they're going to be the absolute doormat of the league this year. I obviously with the way the next season's going to pan out, that's really not something that anybody can predict at this time. Um, but again, whether they're whether they're going to be is Thomas Grice going to make them a Stanley Cup playoff contender? Probably not. Yeah, I agree with you. And speaking of Detroit, now we go towards, you know, the forwards, some of the goal scorers. Um, a nice heartfelt story. This guy's gone through a lot of adversity, but Detroit is going ahead to give Bobby Ryan a one-year deal. Yeah, so a little thoughts for me on Bobby Ryan. What can we expect with him? I think it's I think it's a good contract. Um, again, it's, it's really hard this year to kind of predict the way that the, the season's going to play out, especially with players, just because there's so much uncertainty going into it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say like he's going to like score 20, 25 goals this season or something like that, but I think he could be a serviceable player for that team. I agree. And talking about serviceable players, you already mentioned his name. It's hard when you're talking hockey to get away from Taylor Hall because he's such an attractive piece in free agent markets, trade opportunity. He's a Buffalo Sabre. Um, he might be able to pair up with Jack. We don't know if Jack's going to be staying much longer. He's expressed his frustrations with the Buffalo Sabres franchise so many times. Um how long do you think Taylor Hall, do you think he even gets through the first year in Buffalo? I would say so, yeah. Um, again, with this whole flat cap area, moving an $8 million contract, even if it's just for a couple months, is going to be rough to do. Um, 
So, yeah, I think he'll end up playing with Jack Eichel, and I think they'll keep Jack Eichel around for a while. The question is whether or not Taylor Hall is going to re-sign again after this year, and again, that's just that's not something that we're going to know about. Um, that, that signing really kind of caught me off guard because Taylor Hall has expressed that he's wanted to go to a team that's got a winning culture. Contenders. That, yep, that's a contender, and he chooses Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's not saying anything like Buffalo is a horrible team, but mm-hmm. they were not one of the teams in the bubble this year. There were only like six teams that were left out or something like that. Yep. And well, the bu- they, they have Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart, and that's <laughs> about it. Yeah. Those that- are the only other players that they really have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have, they've been struggling for a while. Um, a very passionate Buffalo Sabres franchise. Um, they love hockey over there in Buffalo, and they're yeah, going to have all the Buffalo fans out there. <laughs> yeah. They're going to have Taylor Hall, which is nice, you know, um, one thing that kind of comes to mind, you touched on it slightly, you know, the expansion. Taylor Hall might have an opportunity to be a member of the Seattle Kraken, and Seattle can kind of have their, you know, face of the franchise right off the rip and have an opportunity to have them for multiple years, and Taylor Hall can be back in the driver's seat of a franchise in the NHL. That, that certainly is a possibility, although I don't think that's a very likely one. Mm-hmm. I think somebody's going to end up blocking up Taylor Hall for a long period of time, and Whoever has him locked up when the expansion draft rolls around, there is absolutely no way they're going to leave him exposed. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool if that happened. Right. It's just that he's one of those players, he's a former Hart Trophy winner, that a team, if they leave him exposed, uh, that GM should be fired instantly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and one thing is, just got to dive in a little bit more here, um, talking about these positional players. Um, we're looking at Tyler Toffoli to the Montreal Canadiens. Huge move. Tyler Toffoli has so he's been so great offensively and defensively. The Canadians lost Max Domi um, to Arizona, right. and then Max Domi goes over to Columbus. So since then, it's been Brandon Gallagher really being over there for the Canadians, and now he's going to have Tyler Toffoli. Um, so what do you think about that move for Montreal? That top six out in Montreal is starting to look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, the team showed that they've got that they're they're coming. When they played in the bubble this year, knocking off Pittsburgh, right. taking the number one seed Philadelphia Flyers to six games, uh, Toffoli helps them tremendously on that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge move. Um, his Stanley Cup winner as well yep. with the Los Angeles Kings. Um, Toffoli, um, now a member of the Montreal Canadiens. And I had mentioned Max Domi, a guy that I like a lot. Obviously, his f- family history, huge in the game. He's over in Columbus with Scott Tortorella. And um, they also picked up Miko Koivu. Um, going to have a little bit depth there. Columbus, they've been floating around for a while. It took them forever to win a playoff series. They finally did a couple years ago. How do you feel about Columbus now? Adding just some depth, not really taking the top off. They have a lot of players like that. Gustav Nyquist, um, they don't really blow the doors off of you. Uh, what do you expect out of See, them? exactly what you said is that they, they've got a lot of depth. Um, one thing that they're really missing is offensive firepower. And you kind of saw that against Tampa Bay this year in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, They played well against them, but Tampa Bay was clearly the better team. They were, quote-unquote, clearly the better team, too, when they got swept by Columbus the year before. Um, Yep, great point. Then then again, that team did have Artemi Panarin and – Bob. Yeah, Bob and then Matt Matt Duchesne as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were a great team. Yeah. And it was but, just time for Columbus to get over their hump as well. Exactly. But like like going back to what you'd said, um, I think this team, I think Max Domi ends up helping that team. Mm-hmm. Um, they really do need some more offensive firepower, though. You, you can win games 1-0, to 2-1, to one, whatever. But eventually you're going to run into an elite offensive talent, especially in the playoffs. And your defense isn't going to always be able to stop that. So you've got to have a way to score as well. Um, like I said, I think Domi helps with that. 
but I think they still need a couple other pieces for that as well. Mm, I would agree with that. And Domi does fit because the Tortorella, you know, mentality, yep. very brash, um, get on the four check, give Puck Steve hit bodies. Work, be ready to work hard with Tortorella. Otherwise he's going to tear your head off. Yeah. He will tear your head off. Now to wrap things up, what, what deals do you like the most out of all the deals we've gone through? What deals are you really loving? Obviously Petrangelo to Vegas, huge, you know, Getting away from that, what deal do you really like? You mentioned one, and I really like the Tyler Ennis trade to, or not trade, the signing in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, that ends the, that gives Edmonton a third line center that they've kind of desperately needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you want to play McDavid with Drysital together on that top line, uh, you could end up throwing Ennis up on the second line as well to be the center there. Um, it's just a nice depth piece that they added. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge move. And what deal um, are you not liking? Which deal makes you scratch your head? So there's two that I have. The Taylor Hall one, not because of Taylor Hall. It's just because of the term. It's not really a, a friendly player deal mm-hmm. to only be there for one year and then basically you might be on the move again. Um, I'm not quite sure why he took that deal, mm-hmm. uh, but that, that's that's Taylor Hall's decision, not mine. The other one I don't really care for, um, and this, this not, this not, I shouldn't say care for, it's just kind of a head scratcher really is um, – Cam Talbot to Minnesota. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he's getting paid. Where was it? He's getting paid for. Hold on, I gotta pull it up real quick. Yeah, just, I just lost it. Um. And they also shipped out Devin Dubnik to the San Jose Sharks, so they're officially yeah. rebranding. There it was. Yeah, sorry. He got. He's getting paid uh, three point six seven million over the next three years. He's an older goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um. He hasn't really been that great since Edmonton had a run in 2017. Yeah, a, exactly. Yeah. And he's, he's kind of looked like he's really fallen off since then. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of contract for the Minnesota wild just is a little bit of a head scratcher to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. More problems up North for the, for the state of hockey, because yeah. I agree with you Talbot over there. They do Nick now a San Jose shark. And when you're, we're talking about deals, we don't like San Jose completely shooting themselves in the foot they wanted to roll with kevin lebank a deal uh four years they feel like they're going to be having that at a bargain because they trust kevin lebank to be a high goal scorer he's young they want him to fill in on the top six mm-hmm. but they bring back patrick marlowe and matt nieto not the best free agency market for the san jose sharks um right now so i would say out of all the teams the team that is definitely losing free agency i'm going to just go ahead and say it's the san jose sharks um what about you who do you think is who completely lost free agency and who won free agency matt you know as for who won free agency i just i have to say vegas not not because i'm a fan of the team or anything it's just because they got the biggest free agent on the market they did yes they gave up a lot and now they do have some questions at center depth but like like we've been saying petrangelo is a clear upgrade for this team um, I do agree with you kind of about San Jose losing quote unquote losing free agency um, just because and because of who they signed and also because Eric Carlson's contract makes it really hard to sign other players. If Eric Carlson can ever one day get back to the place that he's at and make that contract worth it, then maybe it's fine. But right now he's getting paid like eleven and a half million dollars. He didn't even play much last season. He was hurt most of the time, but he's going to have over a year now worth of rest. And so we'll see what he looks like coming into the next season. One other thing I wanted to say about who's quote-unquote losing free agency, not necessarily a team, but I would argue that the players are losing free agency. And you, when you look at – and it's more or less saying when you look at the terms of their contracts. You're not seeing a lot of security in contracts. You're not seeing a lot of long-term deals. You obviously saw them with guys like Krug, Petrangelo, and Robin Leonard, but most of the contracts you're seeing are 
two, three years, maybe some of them are year contracts. And I think part of that is because of the expansion draft and that teams aren't really wanting to sign people long-term because they don't want to have to expose their young core. Yeah, exactly, to Seattle. Exactly. But the other thing, too, is because of the flat cap. The cap was supposed to go up this year, but because they didn't get to finish the season, mm-hmm. it stayed at $81.5 million. And so a lot of teams are strapped for cap right now. Yeah, and Vegas being one of them as Vegas you talk. And, you, yeah. you know, you, you did a wonderful job talking about Vegas Golden Knights hockey today on our first ever NHL pod. We're going to have you on a lot more, Matt. And uh, just last thing, I mean, it really dives in because Craig Smith, another player, you know, he's going to Boston. Yeah. Um, he was able to win free agency a little bit, but there's tons of players that are struggling, and you don't really have – you know, that interview time, one thing that I found really interesting in an article that I read, Petrangelo was able to come out to Vegas, interview, and um, get a tour around the city and yep. feel at home. A lot of other guys not really able to do that, though, and, and it's tough. So it's been different. 2020 has been tough, but our first NHL pod will come to an end. Matt, thanks for hopping on no the problem. Rebel Report. Um, we love you over here for Hockey Talk, Vegas Golden Knights Talk. Plenty more to come. I'm Brandon Steele. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.